Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast about Chinese booming horse market. I'm your host Zoe King, founder and CEO of Wonder Horse from Shanghai, discovering the wonder of horse world. Hello, everyone. I'm Hai Long. I lived in Paris for ten years before coming back to China to set up my company Triple, specialized in digital marketing and fashion content production. Hello, Hai Long. So delighted to have you as my co-host today in the show. Happy to be here, Zoe. I understand your podcast is covering four sections in every episode: China Club, China Event, China QA, and China Story. Should we begin with China Club? Sure. Today, I'd like to introduce the China eventing team for the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. China team is composed of five members: Alex Huatian from Beijing, trained in the UK; Bian Baciren from Inner Mongolia; Liang Ruiji from Guangdong; Bao Fengying and Sun Huadong from Jiangsu. They were selected by Chinese Equestrian Association according to their performance and competition rankings. After one-year training, both in China and in Europe, China team has been qualified for the team eventing for Tokyo in May this year. But the FEI requires at least three out of five members should achieve a minimum eligibility requirements (MER) to confirm the team qualification. Alex Huatian, who participated twice in Olympic Games, passed the MER on July 24. Yesterday, on November 17, Sun Huadong and Bao Fengying also passed the MER. China team officially confirms its tickets for Tokyo. It is a very exciting news for the whole Chinese equestrian community. This is the first time that China team participates in eventing competition in Olympic Games. It is a true milestone for the development of Chinese equestrian sports. Now, China event. Which one you want to highlight today? China Horse Industry Association will organize the World Horse Culture Forum on November 29 in Hohot, Inner Mongolia. Leaders and representatives in horse industry from more than 20 countries are invited to the event. Leaders and representatives in horse industry from more than 20 countries are invited to the event. China Horse Industry Association says that they hope all attendees can learn from different equine cultures and promote horse industry across the world through the forum. One of the major objectives of the forum is to sign and announce the Who Hot Statement. The content of the statement is not released yet by the organizer. For China QA section. We had a question from our listener Christine from the USA. Here is her question: Hello, Zoe. Your podcast is very informative and fun to listen to. Congratulations! I was in China at the beginning of the year, where I met with some horse people and visited several clubs. It seems to be a need for type of camps here in United States, where students can spend two weeks taking English classes and learning how to ride. What do you think about it? Thank you. There is absolutely a need for equestrian sports camps in China, but in most of the case, equestrian clubs are not equipped with dorms for students. Among the eight clubs we introduced so far, 
Only two have facilities for students to sleep over and have restaurants on site. They are Shanghai Sun Island Riding Club in the episode number five and Tianjin Golden Metropolitan Polo Club in last week's episode, episode number eight. They are both equestrian clubs located in a resort hotel. Their students will live in the hotel rooms and have meals in the restaurants or canteens. Because the camps are very seasonal, equestrian clubs cannot manage the living area besides the school vacations. So far, the best camps are organized by those clubs who have hotel facilities on site. Roy, I listened to the episode number seven. In which you interviewed Jennifer Zhou, and you said there will be more information about the interview. Yes, Jennifer is a veterinarian practicing in Beijing. Here is the rest of her interview for China Story. In your opinion, how the equine vet sector will evolve in the next five years? What's your expectation? Um, I think it's a very promising industry. We talk about five years ago, and compared now, it's huge difference. And we have a lots of young people involved in this sports. Many young kids in high school they start learning horse riding, and they already have in competition. I think、uh, the vet industry, equine vet industry, will be the same patterns in, right now, and it's very difficult to say. It may happen just all of a sudden in five years, or maybe in ten years. I think gradually, with the people, especially young people, are well, really well educated, and they have seen the world. And when they're young age, they have a really good understanding of horse、uh, welfare, and they look after their horses not only as an animal, but also as a companion animal,、mm-hmm. as a partner, as a, just a friend. So they treat friends differently, like、uh, other people, like right now who have horses, they think them as a tool of. Making money or a tool of、uh, prestigious status. So once the people pay attention to their animal, veterinary industry will grow. We have so many problems right now. I think、uh, majority of the problem are just the people who understand the horses, understand the welfare of horses, and also understand why the importance of、uh, a veterinary support. So. Particularly, can you、uh, can you tell me、uh, what's the most frequent error committing by Chinese horse owners or stables? It's very interesting because、um, I think the problem that we have here probably the same as anywhere else in the world. Horse owners, what we have seen is they think the most expensive is the best, so they always prefer like the expensive medicine or expensive equipment, and they. Believe that overseas stuff they bought are much better than the, those made in China. The horse owners, especially the thoroughbred people, they believe their horse trainer more than the vets. So they buy or they choose medicine or treatment based on what their trainer is saying. I think another some of the problem is they overuse antibiotics because some of the owners or horse trainers just send me the medication plan. Yeah, and they all just say, "Oh, can I use this antibiotic?" Or if I don't prescribe their antibiotics, they will say, "Oh, you're not a good doctor. You don't give me these antibiotics." Okay. <laughs> I think this is really a general problem all over China or even international. Also, like、uh, supplements, for example, minerals or vitamins, over fifty percent of their costs. 
well beyond this. I think it's the same like human that we want to buy, you know, the supplements, but mm-hmm. we may be very careful spending our money on uh, medication or we would even don't want to go to hospital. The owner think that this is our uh, good for the for the horses rather than the doctors. <laughs> I remember you told me that um, with the WeChat everybody used in China, sometimes often maybe your client just send you a picture or video on WeChat and ask you to prescribe and uh, diagnostic the, the horses. Is it a problem it, for you? Most of the equine vets are based in Beijing and there are vets in other province, but they may not be uh, equine specialized vets. So, for example, if this horse is lame and I want to see a lame ex- lameness exam, and then, so, for example, the owner just say, okay, how about I introduce you to the local vet and you give me some advice how we could diagnose the horse or how we treat the horse. So when I talk to that vet, I say, can you give me a lameness exam results? The vet doesn't know how to do it. Even I say, I want to take an extra picture mm-hmm. of uh, the fat log, but the vet over there doesn't know how to take a, a right angle of the picture. So when they send me the picture, actually, it's very misleading because the angle or the picture, it's not clear for me to give me f- enough information to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a, the, you know, the gap between the knowledge. So I think the next thing I would like to say is education is also a, a problem that currently we need to be solved. And mm-hmm. right now, um, China uh, agriculture publisher, they actually are working on translation of uh, some equine medication books. And uh, myself and some of the other equine vets has been involved in translation. And uh, I think in next two or three years, uh, it will be ready. There are a lot of um, uh, vet conference, international conference happening in China. You think that kind of exchange helps? This totally, this definitely really um, changed a lot in the fa- uh, past five years. Mm-hmm. And each year we have a conference on equine specialized session. What I realized the most uh, progressive uh, changing is um, the colic, you know, the pain in the digestion problem in horses has been hugely reduced. The reason is uh, colic happens because of a wrong or poor management for their feeding program. Mm-hmm. And uh, now people learn from the conference. Before I could have come across 20 or 30 cases in one month, but okay. now reduced to maybe only one or two cases. Like of what I've been doing right now, I think 60% of my job uh, when I do my clinical practice, actually are teaching the client. Mm-hmm. So I will teach them how we should do this and why I'm doing this and why I take the blood sample sent to the lab rather than just tell you what I guess from mm-hmm. my eye, from my video looking mm-hmm. because I need evidence to make up my decision. And in the beginning, like when I see a, a titanitis, you know, the, the lameness when horses is lame and then the owner asked me to see, oh, can you just come have a look at the leg? I said, okay, uh, can you just give me some medicine? I said, no, I can't. I need an ultrasound exam. I need to see how the tendons like. Mm-hmm. And then he says, why? It's so expensive. Why do you have to do it? I, I already can see the swollen on the leg. Mm-hmm. Why have to use a machine to tell me that is something wrong? I already can tell it's something wrong. Then I need to explain him the anatomy is like, like there are three different types of tendons just in the cannonball and I need to see which one is has the lesion and I need to then decide what is the training program for that and I also give you an estimation of how long will it take 
recover. After, you know, the patient being explained to the client, and then this is the same time you build up the trust with each other as well. And then gradually we have some good clients now. And then every time they come to us, whatever we say, or we introduce new medicine or introduce new technology, they just say yes, or they follow. That's really great relationship between us, I think. Zoe, I listened to your previous episode where you called for certificated coaches who are interested in coaching in China to submit their candidacy online. Yes, we received demands from several equestrian clubs looking for professional foreign coaches. They offer pretty good conditions. So if you are interested in starting a Chinese adventure, please click the link on the description of our podcast to fill out the online survey. Or you can write to us on contact at wonder-horse.com. And I know the end of the year is an important period for clubs to start the recruitment process. Yes. So guys, hurry up. It takes only 10 minutes to fill out the form and we will contact you for the further discussion. All right. Nice to talk to you today, Loy. You too. Thanks for hanging out. See you around. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by Wonder Horse, equine business solution provider and bespoke platform for Chinese equine community. I'm your host, Zui King. See you next Monday on China Horse Business.